gotta, I gotta burn some calories, man. I gotta get my fat ass in shape. And then, man, you got multi it's all about the multitasking. Is this? Uh, it's not this is not really multitasking. The multitasking is like two tasks. This is not. This is odd. This is automation. It's like breathing. Oh wow, that's. I mean, that's, I feel like that's a whole other level right there to be able to to be on a podcast while you're on the treadmill, and that's like just like another day a day at the office. Yeah, I mean, this is this is it's like breathing. It's like second nature. I love it. I love it. Well, I mean, for those of you who are tuning in, I'm gonna do a little intro beforehand. But you know, as as we're speaking right now, Sam, I want to make sure I say get you. How do you pronounce your last name? Bakhtiar. Bakhtiar. Okay. Yep. All right, so we're logging in right now with a podcast with Sam Bakhtiar, and for those who are listening, literally Sam is right now on a, a tremble, just walking out, burning some calories as he's doing this podcast, just to give you some perspective on the efficiency and like how much the work that this gentleman puts in on a daily basis. So that's that's pretty pretty incredible. Thank you, I appreciate for, it. Yeah, man, thanks for making the time. So. Of course. Sam, I mean, what? T tell me just straight out, you know, someone who's gonna, usually the podcast is listening in the, in the morning. Someone, uh, how? what's your morning routine look like? Or what's a morning routine that's, that's accessible to anybody to do to get into a framework of execution? For me, you know, a morning routine is you having a routine. You know what right. I mean? You know, my routine might not necessarily work for you. Your routine might not necessarily work for somebody else. But you have to have a routine. You know, what, you know, what I call how to be able to anchor your day, ground yourself, and be able to put yourself at peak state for what you're going to do for that day. For me, you know, it's always been working out first thing in the morning, you know, you know coming home, having, having a healthy breakfast, taking a shower, and ready, you know, say my prayers, take my vitamins, ready to take on the world. You know what I mean? Ready to go. Yeah, no, but sure, I, I hear that. And it's so important. Like, I think it, you had... Right. Routine, whatever that may look like. I know there's a lot of like talks and scientifically things proven about like, you know, taking showers and eating certain things and by certain times. And I know that for me, it could be like quite overwhelming, but like you said, building some sort of actual like framework to like what you do. Before you can optimize, you got to standardize. You know, you can't, you can't right. optimize something. Some, you know, you know, you're going to right now, let, let's just say, you know, let's just say somebody comes in and they never had a routine before. And now they want to optimize first. That means, all right, well, I heard that, you know, jumping on a cold shower first thing in the morning at 4 a.m. and then jumping out to sauna right after that and then going to work out and you know, that, you know, you can't optimize first. Let's get you up at a certain time. Let's just go for a walk for first at a certain time every single day. When somebody, you know, reaches out to me, Sam, I, I need you to, you know, put, put a routine on for me. I, I, want, I want a workout routine. I'm like, well, why don't you do this first? Why don't you just mm -hmm. go to the gym at the same time every day for a couple of weeks? And then we'll talk about it. That sounds like a, like a, a super, a, a more gentler way of dealing with yourself, you know, because a, a lot of, I feel like social media, a lot of motivational type of, of people are out there like, get it, make it happen, get it. And, um, and it could get overwhelming or it's like sort of like signing up to the gym, like January 1st, and like committing to this lifestyle. But then it's like from zero to a hundred and then you just sort of fall apart after a month or so. Like this is like, just show up, don't optimize, standardize, do something that's a tangible you can commit to and slowly build on that foundation. Yeah, we're all different. We're all different. Some people love to get up in the morning. Some people like, like you know, you know, are, are evening people. Some people are morning people. This is what works for you. You know, somebody asked me the other day, you know, what's the best time to work out? I said, the, the, the best time to work out is the time you're not going to cancel. Yeah, right. Right. I mean, what you're the time that is for you. <laughs> <laughs> right. You know yourself and figure it out. It could be 10 p.m. It could be 10 a.m. It could be something sooner. Yeah. I mean, you're in the gym business. I know you talked about it. And like, it's, it's such a great example where like, 
you know, you, you do see that people signing up January 1st, the gym is full and, and that happens every single year, huh? That, that without fail. Every single year without fail. Every single year you see the gym packed. And as you see it, it's doing those down and doing those down and doing those down and doing those down. Why? Because all of a sudden they want to change the world in one day. You know, if you want to get good at anything, you know, workouts, anything, it's the compound effect that makes you great. It's a compound effect that makes you bad. It just depends what, which way you're going. You know, little things done correctly over time will give you huge results. And little things done incorrectly over time will become a disaster. So there's, you got to choose. Right. I mean, that's profound. Like, so, I mean, you grew up with, you know, with a single mother, you moved from Iran when you were 11 years old, you know, 500 bucks in the pocket, like the full on, like the whole immigrant story is your story. And then of course the, 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 the dream that follows that um, is also your story that, that has really transpired in your life. These are like crucial truths to know, not having a, a father figure quote unquote in your life, and with all those you know, trials and tribulations earlier on, where did you learn these, this mindset? Where did, you, where did this grow from? You know, I think you know, there was a combination of things. You know, a combination of me, um, you know, uh, me seeing what I don't want in life. I don't want to be broke. I don't want to be a nobody. I want to be able to provide for my family like, like, you know, and, and be able to do the things that I never was able to because I didn't have the father, you know. But, I want, you know, one thing that really stands out, you know, and, um, you know, I've been asked this question many times, what triggered it? And um, I think I can go back and pinpoint it now. You can? You know, really? I, yeah. Yeah, I think I can pinpoint it, you know, something that triggered it. I remember coming to United States when I was 11, as you know, you know, I went to, I thought I was coming to Beverly Hills, but I went to a little town called Sharon, PA, as you know, Sharon, PA is in the middle of nowhere, you know, you know, in 1985, even right now is a very homogeneous town. There's a few Mexicans and Asians there now, but back in 1985, there was black people and there was white people and there was me. And right. I didn't, right. I, I, I didn't speak the language. I didn't have the same clothes. I didn't have any friends. At the age of 10 or preteens, I'm going to a whole new environment, whole new, I mean, totally opposite of what I've ever seen. You know, so I go to school and like I said, I wasn't black, I wasn't white, I was beat up, I was bullied, called names, discriminated against. But, you know, I wanted to play soccer, which is the, you know, sport that I grew up with, but didn't right. have a soccer team. So I, they had baseball, football, and basketball. I didn't know anything about football. Yeah, what's baseball. this American football they're talking about? You know, it's the opposite, hands, no leg. Oh, yeah, crazy. So, so I tried out for the basketball team. 23 people tried out, 22 people made it, one person didn't make it, and that was me. And I was, I was so, so disappointed. I was so, I, I was devastated. I walked home three miles in the snow. I was crying the whole time. I went to, you know, um, you know, I went and sat down, and my mom said, why are you crying? What's going on? I said, mom, I didn't make the team. And my mom gave me a little speech here that pretty much I can pinpoint that kind of changed my mindset. You know, she sat down and she said, first, I, I told my mom, mom, I don't like America. I don't like this country. I don't, nobody likes me here. I don't have any friends. I'm getting beat up. I'm getting bullied. They don't have my sport. I want to go back. My mom said, we don't have that option. She said, right. we don't have that Burn option. The we came, yeah, we, we, we don't, we don't, you know, we came here as refugees. So we don't have an option to do that. So we have to make whatever it is work. 
So that's one thing, you know. So for me, if you're gonna do something, you gotta go all in. There's no, don't give yourself a way out because that, that, that means you're not gonna do your best to, to, to be able to survive. It's always put yourself in a sink or swim situation. Two, she sat down to me and she said, Sam, listen to me. She said, Sam, you can be or do whatever you want in life as long as you're willing to work for it. And she said, she said, do you want to play basketball? I said, yes, mom, I don't have a soccer team. I want to play basketball. She goes, well, here's the plan. The next thing, she, 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 she told me how to plan. She said, okay, you get out of school at 2.15, walk to the boys club from 2.30 to five o'clock workout, play basketball. And from then, you know, go home, do your homework, eat, shower, what, what not. What made, so your, what, 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 made you, what made your mom suggest you to start with lifting weights? Like, why from no, all ma, things? No, uh, no my, mom never, my, my mom never lift, suggested me lifting weights. Oh, okay. My mom said, go, go to the boys club and get better at basketball. Got it. But when I went to the boys club, I fell in love with the weights. Ah, right. Okay, so that's what it was. You went there and you saw it and you just started. And what, what was it about working out that, that connected it with you? What was it? It was like perhaps it was a single sport. You were in control. What, what did it make you feel? Because working out for me is a metaphor to life. You know, lifting, lifting weights is a metaphor to life. When I first started in the weight room, I, I couldn't do the bar. I literally couldn't do the 45 pound bar. A week later, I was able to do the bar because I kept trying and I kept trying. A few weeks later, I was able to put 10 pounds on each side. A few weeks later, a few weeks later, and I started getting bigger and stronger. And life is the same way. No matter who you are, no matter, I don't care if you're a millionaire, a billionaire, or, or, or homeless, there's different levels and there's different problems for you to solve, different obstacles for you to overcome. Just because somebody looks at me right now, oh man, you know, oh gosh, he has everything, he's a millionaire, this and that, that doesn't mean I'm without a problem. You know, it's not, you know, it's not like, okay, more money, more problems, it's more money, different type of problem that you have to solve. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, I mean, that's, I mean, you, you're, we just discussed, I started rattling it off so easy, like 11 year old, no dad coming to America, like there's old bullying. That's, it feels like a lot of trauma for, for a young child. And that's something we carry throughout, you know, as we're an adult, how, how did you work through that? How do you elevate yourself to a place to, to have an, a mindset of abundance because to create businesses and to, and to live a life that what you're living, you know, you, there has to be a point in life where you have to jump out of that mind frame of like, you know, poor me, victimization. What, what kind of work did you do on yourself to be able to realize like, hey, I am in control of my life and I, and I can't just live this victimhood? Well, I, I never victimized myself. Yeah, I've I, I never victimized myself. I, I was never the one who, who sat down and said, well, poor me, poor me, poor me, poor me. Instead of poor me, I always said, try me. Oh. You know, so, you know, you know I'm, I'm not the guy, kind of person who's gonna sit down and, and look, in life, Nobody goes through life undefeated. Nobody goes through life without trials and tribulations and obstacles. You know, obstacle is, is not in the way. Obstacle is the way. Okay? Yeah. You know, obstacle yeah. is the way for you to succeed. God is not going to bless you, you know, if you're not going to go through the obstacle if you quit. You have to you go through the obstacles to see what God has, you know, for you on the other side. You know, so let's, 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 I always like to analyze my options. Okay? When something happens, when something devastating happens, what, what, are, what are really your options? You know, yeah. it's very simple to me. There's really two options. One, sit back, cry, and, you know, make excuses 
and say, poor me, poor me, poor me, and grow up and say, because, because you know, I, was, I didn't have a dad, because I'm, you know, I'm an immigrant, because I got cut from the basketball, because I, I got foreclosure, because I went through bankruptcy, because I went divorced, I can't do X, Y, and Z. I'm a loser because of all this shit that happened to me, right? Or you can say, or you can say, you know what? I'm going to get up. I'm going to fight back. I'm going to make something out of myself. And to me, you know, one of the greatest quotes of all times is by Frank Sinatra. So the greatest revenge is, is massive success. Right. The greatest revenge is massive success. So, so all the people who bullet me and call names and all this, this and that, guess what? They're all my friends now. They all look up, they all look up to me. You know, mm. you know, 30 years later, you know, we're all, you know, we, we see each other and all, we laugh about the old times. I, I'm not going to hold a grudge. Right. That's big. I mean, to, to let go of resentment and to, I mean, there's so much, I think there's so much that the fuel of proving other people could get you, but eventually you have to tap into the reserves of which of self, you know? Yeah, of course. I think you could enter, I'm going to show these people that they're wrong. I'm going to show them, but I mean, perhaps you, I mean, you could just align to that, but I found in my own experience that like that could get you through the door, but eventually got to dig deeper. Listen, jets don't have rear view mirrors. You know why? Because they're too, they're, they're concentrating. They're moving forward. They're going top speed. They're moving forward. They don't care who's behind them. They're just, they're just past them. And if you have a rear view mirror, man, guess what? You're looking back at what has happened to you, who's behind you, what's going on. I don't have time for that. Right. I, I feel you. Well, is, is, there, is there something that you would tell yourself, your younger self, your 16-year-old self, or your 22-year-old self um, from the knowledge that you have now? Yes. Number one thing I would tell myself, it changed my proximity. You know, change my proximity. You know, I didn't, I didn't really, you know, when I was younger, I wanted to fit in. You know, I started, you know, hanging around with the wrong crowd, going out there, drinking, driving, you know, just doing stupid shit that, you know, some, a, lot of, a lot of teenagers do. But if yeah. I, you know, because I have a lot of young guys working around me, I look at them, I'm like, bro, I wish I had someone like me when I was your age to be around. I would have probably been a billionaire, not a millionaire. Huh. Wow. Tremendous. It's so important to keep that who you surround yourself. I mean, did you have a mentor? Did you have someone growing up that you chose? Like, Hey, I, I like what that guy has. I want some of that. Not when I was young. I, no. I didn't start getting mentorship till I was in my early thirties. How do you choose that? Getting, huh? How do you choose that? How do you choose a mentor? How do you know that's the right, the right person to go with? I want to, I choose a mentor based on somebody who's doing what I want to do. Very simple. Who's doing what I want to do. I want to know how they did it. I also want to know not only how they did it, I want to know all the stuff that they messed up. Yeah. You know, you learn more from people's, you know, a lot of people are like, well, he's a failure, but I want to know how he failed. True. It's so true. It's sort of like flipping on its head. It's like, you know, there's a lot of to-do lists out there, a lot of those actions. And I, like, I know you like to talk about the not to-do list, you know? So true. Yeah. It's because like, I feel I know I have tons of lists on my phone, on my computer, on my notepad, and and the list always continues. There's always stuff I gotta do, and sometimes it's like start shredding away, taking me away. And what are some what are some common mistakes people do, and perhaps they they could do the opposite of? Yeah, common mistakes as far as what? What do you mean? Like when it comes to like when it, when someone decides to, to to commit to a certain like lifestyle or to to take on a certain job and they're, or they want to, you know, start building certain habits. Is it more about possibly doing certain things or to stop certain behaviors? It's stop. It's definitely stop first. Stop first. Okay. You, okay. You want to get in shape. 
Okay. What do you need to stop doing? You need to stop procrastinating. You need to stop eating junk. Yeah. Okay. You know what I mean? You know, you also need to start walking, right? But stop means, you know, it's so much more powerful because there's so many things that you're doing before you can start something. You got to make sure you stop all the things that counteract what you're starting. Right. right. That's true. Yeah. I mean, but it, that, that being said, I mean, are, is there just a pivot a bit now to, um, you know, in, in, in 2010, you decided to do, uh, the, 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 you know, the camp transformation center. How did that come about? What did, uh, how did that transpire? Cause you're coming out of the 2008 craziness of, of the downfall and you were like on, on the edge of foreclosure in your house and not having, you know, just, just insane. So how did that opportunity come about and how did you know this was an opportunity that you wanted to accept? You didn't know. You didn't know there's an opportunity. You know, well, what, what you do at the time, you know, opportunities always disguised, you know, in overalls and hard work. You know, opportunities always disguised as something you're uncomfortable with. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, no. so you, know, at, you know, at the time, and, and here's very, something very important. At the time, I was desperate. I was desperate. You know, I was getting foreclosure at my mother's house. I was, you know, you know, I was overdrawn on my bank account. And I, and I was just looking for a way to be able to get my fitness business back on track. You know, because one-on-one training, nobody could afford anymore. Nobody could afford six to $800 a month. and going through a recession. So I was trying to figure out what to do. So we started the Camp Transformation Center, which was a group training program. At first, I'm like, I wonder if this will work. Because remember, I come from a bodybuilding background, but you have one trainer and one client. You lift heavy-ass weights. And, yeah. you know, you eat a lot of protein. You know what I mean? But this was a whole different, you know, something I wasn't comfortable with. I'm like, can people actually get results with one trainer and a bunch of people? Will people actually pay? Will actually people stay? But you know what? I, was, I, was, I had an open mind. I had more of an open mind because I was desperate. Maybe yeah. if I was sit, sitting at high, oh, that's not going to work. I don't want to try it. But it's always good. Uh, it's always good to act broke, to, 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 to have a broke mindset in a way that you're not so full of yourself. Right. If, 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 if somebody would approach me in 2005 and 2006, let's do, let's do a, you know, a boot camp, I would have laughed at them. My ego would have gotten away. So I've learned to never have that ego, mm. you know? So I was open to it. Thank God I was open to it because it took off. People, people yeah. stayed longer. People had better time. People had got better, better shape. I were able to scale the business and it had, it had so much more advantages over a regular one-on-one personal training gym than anything else. Yeah. We see that model like really popular today with all these boutique gyms jumping up and people getting together and, community and and such but you did touch on something which i want to ask you about because like which is so important with the ego ego stops us from like really delving into new possibilities and to and and and, and pride to to you know i'm too good for that or i'm too busy for that now with you know with past that stage and you're and you're living a more you know abundant lifestyle how do you keep that ego in check how do you not allow yourself to be blindsided by new opportunities that could come your way because you're not as desperate as you once were you know what, man? I always put myself in a desperate thinking. You know, I always want to put myself back in a way. Like, I'll give you an example. I have a fleet of cars. Okay. But, I, but I drive the shittiest one every day. <laughs> I've, I, I literally have so much workout clothes. A lot of them that I haven't even worn yet. But I wear the same. I wear the same, you know, seven workout clothes for months and months and months. You know, the shoes that I'm wearing <laughs> is the same shoes that I wear every single day to the gym. I have 300 mm-hmm. pairs of shoes. You know, once in a while, you have to remind yourself where you came from. You have to remind yourself how you got there. 
you know, and you know, I always say this, no matter where you are, you gotta be humble and you gotta stay hungry. Mm. Yeah. So, I mean, kids who are out there or, or kids, kids at heart, you could have adults out there who are really down to luck and, and, you know, whether through circumstances, I mean, hell, we're just coming out of right now, COVID-19 lockdowns, the markets, people have truly lost a lot of their, their lives. And when it comes to, you know, what their businesses look like and where the world's going, a lot of uncertainty, uh, which always, I guess, truly exists, but now it's just more in our face. What, what are, what are some things that worked for you? Um, and, and I know you touched on some of that mindset of staying in the desperate mindset, but what, what are some like small actions, something, you know, standardization that someone could say, like, let me pick myself up and, and, and make some moves that could help my life, help my family. So all you have to do, look, here's the thing, whatever has happened in the past, you can't change it. All you can do is learn from it and move on. If you live in the past, that's where depression lives. Yeah. So you can't live in the past. If you live in the future, well, you can't predict the future. And if you live in the future, that's where anxiety lives. Totally. So all you have is right here today, right now. So all I want people to do is try to win one day at a time. By scheduling, by having a schedule, by having a routine, and try to stick to that routine by winning one day at a time. Because if you win one day at a time and you just concentrate on winning today, you're gonna to win the week. Then later on, you're gonna win the month. Then later on, you're gonna win the year. Then you're gonna win the decade. And they're gonna win your life. See, the problem with a lot of people is, man, they, they, they're, they're out there. They're, they're in 2025 right now. They're in 2022. They're in December. You know, you know, you know, they're in November right now thinking about that. What is, what if, what if, what if? And they're over here right now. They're talking about, oh my God, I should have done that. Maybe I should have changed this. Maybe I should have never did that. Maybe I should have never did this. No, no, you can't change that. It's already been said and done. You know, learn from it, move on. So you don't do it here anymore. Over there, you can't control it. You don't know what's gonna happen. You know, so then what, guess what? Concentrate on you right here, right now, win right now. We'll worry about the rest later. That's, that, that sounds like a whole lot of yoga stuff right there, right? Just be in the moment. But that's, 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 that's true. That's where and, peace and, lies. And, and, I'm not, and I'm not a yogi. I'm, I'm like the, I'm like the, I'm, I'm like the furthest thing from the yogi. You know, I'm not, you know, like I try to meditate and I fucking suck at it. You know what I mean? Like, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm not a meditation guy and all that kind of, but I'm just telling you what really works as far as, as far as having a routine, stick to the routine and concentrate on what you can change and you can't control. If you can't change something, then you don't have to, you can't worry about it. Discipline is, is so tremendous when it comes to this, you know, to really build on yourself. Discipline it, equals freedom. Discipline equals freedom. Yeah. Say that three times fast. That's yeah. Discipline equals freedom. Is there something in your life? What's that one thing that comes trying to pull you back? Something that, you know, a habit or something that's natural to you. That's like, Ugh, come here, what you know, it's not going to be good. It may be enjoyable now, but it won't be enjoyable for the, you know, it'll be detrimental for your future. I don't have one. Yeah. I've got rid of all of them. I, I've got rid of all of them. I've, wow. I've got rid of pretty much, I recognize all of the bad habits. You know what I mean? I've recognized all my bad, bad habits and I've, I've worked my ass off to be able to overcome it and go through one. I don't drink. I don't smoke. I don't do drugs. I don't hang out at the bars, you know, I don't, you know, I don't look at any other woman than my own, my own wife, you know what I mean? Like, like, I, you know, you know, I, you know, I, 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 I eat clean, I work out, I'm a family man and I study, you know? So I put, I, I kind of program myself the way I want to be. I had, in the past, I had a bunch of bad habits, 
you know, you know, you know, yeah. you know, I, in the past, you know, I wanted to be, I wanted to feel like I was important. So, you know, I was buying things to, to show off to people that oh, I can do this or I can do that and all that. I no longer have that need. You know, in the past, you know, I, you know, I wanted to go and, you know, and, and, you know, show off at the clubs and, and buy bottle service and, and spend money on all that kind of stuff. Mm. It's, you know that's, I mean? it, yeah, but sure. I mean, that, that, that's, that's tremendous. That does, it takes like time and time again, coming up against your demons and, 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 and just knocking them down. But there's, I feel like what's, there's another, like someone who wants to supply for the supply and, and be there for the family. That's a level that's, and that's respectable. And you know, what's one have to do a couple of hundred thousand dollars a year to do whatever that may look like. But there's another switch. It feels like, or seems like for someone who wants to say, no, that's, I don't want, I want more. I want to be able to have this crazy amount of abundance and, 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 and this build this kingdom. What, you know, that, that, what brings that person from this one level of like, you know, having with, okay with what they got to this hunger to wanting a lot, lot more. See, you can't, you know, here's the thing. You can't be, it can't be a metric that is achievable. Okay, if there's a metric that's achievable, like for example, for the longest time, I want to become a millionaire, right? I became a millionaire, I don't know, a decade ago, you know? And I'm like, okay, this is cool. So does that mean that I'm done? You know, right. am, am I now, do, do I Netflix and chill now? <laughs> <laughs> do, I, do, I just go, do, do I go to the beach with an umbrella drink and just hang out? So what am I supposed to do? So if, if the metric is money or something achievable, you know, the, 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 my metric is progress. My metric is becoming the best version of myself in, in the areas that I want to achieve. You know, mm. so, so for me, my metric is my legacy. You know, what, what good am I if I'm trying to have, you know, my children become a contributing member of society and teach them and, and, and make sure that they are going to be able to carry the legacy and become the best version of themselves. And me being a millionaire on Wednesday, they come in and I'm like, oh, I'm just Netflixing all day. I'm gonna drink in my hand. What kind of example am I setting? You know, so, mm. so for me, it, it, it is, you know, I've, I've um, dedicated myself to a simple process. It's called CANI, C-A-N-I, constant and never ending improvement. Wow, canny! I like that concept. Never-ending improvement. So it's always just being about better, being a better version of yourself from yesterday. Don't compare yourself to anybody else; just to yourself. Listen, bro. Like, like here's the thing. You know, we are at the top of the food chain as humans. We're stronger than elephants. No, we're not stronger than elephants. Are we? Can we beat tiger in a fight or a lion in a fight? No, we can't. So why are we at the top of the food chain when there's so many other species that are so much stronger and, 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 and if we're there in a one-on-one -on -one in a cage or in a jungle, they'll beat us. The reason for that, because me and you have the ability and all the humans have the ability to self-assess and to improve and adapt and become better versions. So if anyone is not improving, adapting and becoming better versions of themselves, they're not using their God-given ability. You know, and, and if you're not using your God-given ability, then you might as well just become a, become a dog or become a cat. Because a dog 500 years ago is the same dog that it is today. My German Shepherd ancestors, you know, we're the same German Shepherd today. They haven't, you know, but guess what? Us, even 20 years ago, we're not the same humans. Right. Yeah, that's true. Does, does you know, does God, does religion play a big part in your life? Does that play a big anchor? I'm, I, you know, I'm not, I'm not a Bible thumper. I'm, I'm not in love, but I believe in God and I believe in faith. Mm. You know what I mean? And, and, and to me, to me, you know, uh, faith is not about what religion you are. It's about you understanding that you're here for a cause greater than yourself. Yeah. 
And how does one figure out that, that path? How does one figure out, you know, there's so many different distractions, different ways that you could feel some, uh, you know, an affinity towards, how do you know what, what that mission may look like for you? The, the mission of faith? No, the mission that each person, like, you know, each person has their own, you know, their, their, their thing in their life, you know, their mission in life to be that they matter. How does one discover what it is that they're been placed down here for in this world? All you have to do is tune in and be aware of your surroundings. There are so many clues out there for you. God has put so many clues out there. there there's so many clues out there for you. you know, but you have to be aware of what's surrounding you. You have to be able to be keen and be able to uh, be, accept the things that are coming to you. Yeah. Keep your eyes open. Keep your ears and eyes open. That's it. So many people are just walking blindly. They're walking like this. They're walking blindly. They're, they're, they're not seeing anything because they're just going from A, B, C. And that's, when you do that, you're not observing things. You're not, you know, you know, taking the, you know, you know, you know, slowing down and smelling the flowers. You know what? You're yeah. going to miss out on life. Yeah. Was there a moment where you, where you lost your faith or doubted it or were confused about? There was many times, man, that I, you know, that I literally cried, you know, say, God, why me? Why me? Why did you put you in this position? But over the years, after, after being, I'm 47 now, after going through many devastations, I've learned that, again, sometimes God pushes you towards a place you don't want to go, but it's a better place for you. Yeah. You know, yeah. and, and I, I mean, look back at your life. Anybody who's listening and watching this show, they can look back at their life. And, and so how many times did you, were you devastated? Were you like, oh, this is over. Oh, I don't know how I'm going to get myself out of this situation. And then you look back a few years and you're like, man, I'm so glad that happened. That really, that really you know, so many times. I, I can go through it dozens of times. I mean, think about it. All of this wouldn't happen if I wasn't getting bombed on in my old country. I would have never came to the United States. I would never have found weightlifting if I didn't get ridiculed and cut cut from the basketball team. Yeah. You know what I mean? You know, if yeah. it wasn't because of, if it wasn't because of recession, I would have been, I would have been an average, you know, income guy, but a recession pushed me to, to open up the camp, pushed me to, to do different things. To, to, to make a better, you know, better version of myself. Hmm. That's right. Yeah. That's amazing. I do. Lo I do love the quote um, that, that you say, which is um, success without fulfillment is the ultimate failure. Um, and, and that's, and that's a very subjective, right? Each person could sort of say like, what is it that fulfills them? And, and, and it can't be money. Like you said, it just can't, it's, it's too, it's, it's attainable. And then if you get it, then what? It leaves you with this empty hole. I thought it was money for me, you know, because me coming from a broke background, coming from a you know third world country, we're getting fun on, you know, we made fun of the cars we drove and, and the homes we had and, you know, being on welfare and getting food stamps and all that kind of stuff. So, you know, for me, I thought, okay, the success was the mansion. Success was the Rari. Success was, the, was you know, you know the, the, the finer things in life. And I got here and I'm like, that doesn't make me happy. That doesn't make me happy. For me now, making an impact in someone's life, that's what really fulfills me. Making a dent in this world is what fulfills me. Not, okay, you know, what am I going to do? You know, what's next after this? You know, what am I going to do? You know, you know am I going to get a bigger house? Dude, there, there's, there's rooms here that I haven't been into for months. Right. You know what I mean? You know, what am I going to get? Another car, dude? Like, you know, you know, some of my cars don't start because I don't have time to drive them because they've been sitting there for so long. So those are, it's, it's not it. It's not it. The impact that you make, the difference that you make in this world, 
you know, it, it was all about. And if you'd have told me this, if I would have heard myself right now talk 15 years ago, I'd be like, what do you mean? Nah, man, you need to have money, man. You need to have money, yeah. man. What do you mean? You know, no, you know what? You need to have money to cover your basic necessities. Okay. But once your basic necessities are met, anything after that is just gravy. Mm. Yeah, that's, that's, that's tremendous. And I think that's going to really land with a lot of people. Cause I'm, I think the American dream and the hustle and there's, I think an unhealthy way of thinking, I think, especially in America, maybe Western society that we're, we're very attached to the materialism, to the things, to the, to that big house, to that cars, it's glorified a lot in the, in social media and, you know, in, in, in the movies and, and such. And I mean, to hear it from somebody who actually owns a lot of that, you know, physicality and those materialistic things and say, Hey, you know, um, it's about meaning and purpose, you know, that's, that's truth. That's, that sounds very, very real. And, and, and that, I think that, I know that lands for me tremendously. So yeah, that's, I appreciate that. Of course. Yeah, that's really great. So to tie it all up and what, what is the one percenter? I know we, we established one percent are those one people on the top of the food chain, the people making a lot of money, have the big businesses, but you're all about tapping into the one percent within you. What's yeah, that brand about? You know, when I, when I first, um, you know, launched my phone percenter brand, you know, everybody kind of got a little, what do you mean? You're a one percenter because you make money and you're shredded or you're this and that. It has nothing to do with that. You know, of course, so a lot of people can see it that way. My one percenter is anyone. It's, it, go, it goes back to my mom's speech. Hmm. It basically says, Sam, you can do or be whatever you want to be as long as you're willing to put the work. So one percenter to me, it go, goes back to when I was 12 years old, when my mom sat me down and said, Sam, anyone, you, me, anyone, if you want to decide that you want to change your trajectory, and you're willing to pay the price and willing to do whatever it takes, then you're a one percenter. Now, you can be a 400-pound guy and be, you know, on food stamps and make a decision today to change your life and stick to that decision. You're a one percenter. Or you can be a billionaire with a six-pack abs. You, you can, you're not a one percenter if you inherited that and had genetics that just came with the abs. One percenter is about somebody who is sick and tired of their circumstances and they're willing to do whatever it takes to change it. That's the one percenter. Amazing. Incredible. So where can people find more about what you're up to, see you, follow you, continue this inspiration and all the great things that you're sharing? Thank you. You know, all my social media handles are, are my name, Sam Bakhtiar, S-A-M-B-A-K-H-T-I-A-R. Or you can text me directly at 909-200-4015. Incredible. Incredible. Sam, thank you so much for taking the time and uh, to literally walking me through all this and, and sharing your story. It's really inspirational and may continue to experience much success and more shedding, sharing more light to the world. I appreciate it. Thank you. Have a great day. Of course.